We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Cal Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale. Our second show this week, so you know we're talking about pro wrestling. So if you haven't checked out our show earlier in the week, we talked boxing, MMA. It was really fun. Go check that out. We gave out our awards. But today is all about pro wrestling. We're talking about New Japan a little bit, AEW, NXT, WWE main roster, and previewing the Impact Wrestling pay-per-view. That's right, we're mixing a little Impact into the show. Shout out to Justin Ivey, Reverse Rap Pack, for finally influencing us. Next up, 205 Live. That'll never happen. Cut it out. Stop. (laughs) You want to end this podcast early? Keep talking about 205 Live like people watch that shit. (laughs) Everrise was on NXT, so I'm getting there. Sooner or later, people will come over uh, to my side of things. But to start off this week, we figured we'd talk hip-hop. It's been a while, so it's nice to catch up to what's going on in hip-hop. Unfortunately, this time, Dre, someone that has worse hot takes than me, Funk Master Flex, was making the rounds around Twitter. And it really started, and it's weird to say a 50-plus-year-old is making the rounds on Twitter, but it started because he said that Drake right now would be a better rapper overall, probably making him the greatest rapper of all time, ahead of Jay-Z, if it wasn't for him getting caught using a Ghost Rider. Oh, my God. This man is Um, 50. I mean, you (laughs) know... He's seen all of hip-hop. I'm not worried about his age, man. Like, Elliot Wilson just turned 50, right? Yeah, but Elliot has seen all of hip-hop. Yeah, like, hip-hop gets old, but... 
I think liposuction sucked whatever part of the brain. I, nah, I can't even say liposuction because Flex been delusional for a while now. That's a wild ass take, right? Drake, I've said it before, he's one of the biggest hit makers in history of music. Yeah. That does not make him a, the greatest rapper of all time, especially compared to Jay Z. But it's Flex, man. Um, fuck. I don't even know what to say about stuff like this because it's stupid. You know what's really stupid? And I want people to stop doing I tweeted this. Stop making lists that are longer than 10 people long. Just cut it out. Because once you get past 10, it gets foggy. And then when you put all these qualifiers on your list, like you try to use like different metrics like popularity, bars. Like you can't really do that. It's not the same. Because rap is rap. If you want to talk about rap, you need to be very specific. The greatest rapper alive, you need to just talk about bars. If you want to talk about the greatest rapper in terms of a popularity contest that's a completely different category all rappers aren't created equal they're not the same royce is one of the greatest rappers i've ever heard but his impact's not as big as drake so i see how people try to make these lists where you know you try to put all those things together but jay-z's still on the top of that list even when it comes to impact because if it wasn't for jay a lot of you motherfuckers wouldn't even be here jay gets respect in, in numerous circles, like when I worked at Hip Hop Site, like we were super underground in the early 2000s, which is weird. It's a whole nother conversation. I realized how many dope white rappers there were in the underground. <laughs> None of these guys were mainstream. There's some dope white rappers in the underground. Anyway. Like who? Copyright, LP. LP. Uh, I was about to say I'm, L. L is in th- there, but. I mean, there's, there's so, there was a lot, like Jedi Mind Tricks. There's so many dope white rappers. Like, there's so many dope Asians. There was a ton of dope rappers, but they all everybody had the respect to Jay Z, except for those who just were offended by anything mainstream, right? Like Jay has always been the man. For Flex to say something like this will be ignoring Jay's history as a, as a whole, not just the whole hard knock life era, Jay, not just working with Big, not just four four four. This is this would be ignoring Jay's impact on the music industry as a whole. The motherfucker went went from oversized jerseys to button downs for excuse me, miss. There are, <laughs> there are very few rappers that have had an impact on the industry like Jay has. But then when we talk about rapping, listen, man, I I think Drake is dope. I've always said I'm a fan of Drake, but Jay, it's another level of rapper. There are very few times that Jay's had a whack verse, like whack. Doesn't really happen. Drake, it happens. When I can't even name a Jay, I can name Jay Z Wax songs. Yes, but even songs. Then yes. he has like bars in the in the verses. Yeah. Some songs like Sunshine is whack, but it's you can fun. find some dope bars in there. It's odd, man. I don't know what's what's wrong with Flex. I do know what's wrong with Flex, man. He's trying to be young and relevant. That's what he's trying to do, and he wants to, you know, have his little hot take. But this this is also the same guys who has had these rappers obliterate his booth and he's watched them kill shit that's the craziest part like royce murdered the booth black thought murdered it and like he's always going bars dropping bombs and shit wilding out but then when it comes to making a list or saying something like that it's like come on you which guy are you Either you know hip-hop or you don't know hip-hop. And it's okay. Like Drake, like you said, he's a great hit maker. That's incredible. The volume of hits that he's pushed out is crazy. 
he doesn't have a reasonable doubt in his catalog. I mean, he doesn't no. have a blueprint. There are going to be people that are going to argue with you that reasonable doubt's not good. I see this take like once every oh six my months. God. <laughs> I see this take all the time that it's not Jay's best album, which is fine if you want to say okay. it's not Jay's best album. If you want to say Blueprint is Jay's best album, that's fine. If you want to say 444 is Jay's best album, that's fine. I'd say Black well, Albums probably is yeah, second, third best that, album. So that's fine. He does, Drake doesn't got a Black album. No, he, I mean, Drake, listen, Drake has some enjoyable albums. Like I said, I enjoy his music, but. There's no no, just no. It's it's he's, he's Drake is not surpassing Jay in terms of greatest rapper alive, and it also behooves us to, to, to be true to this is that Drake is a multi hyphenate. It's not like he's just a rapper. He's also you know a singer crooner who makes some dope R and B cuts. That doesn't disqualify him from being a rapper. But I'm saying the body of work, like when you listen to his albums. There's there have been 50-50 albums where it's crooning and rapping. There's been 75-25. He has not dropped a straight rap album. It doesn't happen. No. But if I'm asking Flex, listen, man, it's one man with an opinion. Yes, he is. You can't deny the impact he's had on this industry. You can't. From the tunnel to the mixtapes to Hot 97, you can't deny that impact. But what I've learned working in this industry all these years is just because somebody's a legend or just because they have a tenure doesn't mean they know shit. They know people. <laughs> they 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 have they they meet people. That don't mean that they know shit. I've met a lot of stupid motherfuckers in this industry in high ranking positions. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you had that one year BT in your stories. Has me dying. So I'm that's, just, and that's just BET. Like I argue with people. Listen, I'm not saying I'm the end all be all rap. That'd be dumb of me, right? Because it's it's all opinionated, right? It's all you know. And my taste in music is different than other people's taste in music. I did definitely come up during the underground. I've always leaned towards the backpackers, the guys with bars. That's always been my thing. But when I hear takes like this is Jay Z we're talking about. He's not a backpacker. This man is a billionaire who has. <laughs> Had had such an incredible impact on this industry as a whole and a tenure where even though Young Thug, who says dumb shit all the time, will say, you know, he's old and I'm not listening to Jay-Z rhymes. You're lying. Everybody's listening to Jay-Z. Everybody is. He's 50. 50. He's over 50, isn't he? Yeah, Jay is like 52. And still, if Jay walked in a room right now and was like, give me your hot 16, I'll give you mine. He's still bodying you 20 years. Easy oh, work. Light work. So cut it out, Flex. Yeah, so then we stumble upon, because of course Flex is in the cycle. I don't know if this list is new or if it's the list they put out last year. But we're going to treat it like it's new because we saw it again, and I don't remember it. Regardless, Funk Flex put out this list at some point. Top 50 living MCs based off of, these are criteria, skill level. Which, in parentheses, bars, okay, body of work, and impact. These are the three criteria. I'm not sure if impact encompasses album sales. Because the way this rolls out, that would make no sense. But those are the three criteria. The list starts off with, number one, Jay-Z. I'm going to go through some of these to tell me right spot, too high, too low. I figured this is the easiest way to go through it. Number one, Jay-Z. 
Keep going. I'm a, so is it right too high or too low? That are living? No, it's right. Yes, it's, living. Yes. This is okay. right. This is right. Number two, Andre 3000. No. Too high. Y- yeah, yeah. Because as great as Andre 3000 is, and I'll never call him overrated, but, but the body of work is split with Big Boy. Yes. And a lot of the, the solo work that he has done is the solo album he had, he was singing. And this, the guest spots have been incredible. And Andre 3000 is an incredible rapper. But to put him above Nas is difficult for me. Because Andre 3000 doesn't have a nomadic. No. Not, not Dolo. No. So, it's Andre 3000 is one of those... Trying to figure out, like, if I can liken it to it's, sports terms. It's weird though, because if you just take Big Boy off entirely, all his verses off, and you just have three, three K verses on Aquemini, that's a classic album. Well, I mean, you can't do that. If you just keep the hooks and just have the three K verses, it's a classic album. Yeah, but you can't do that because that would be minimalizing Big Boy's contribution, not just as a rapper, but as a songwriter. Because those songs didn't come to fruition just for the brain of Andre 3000. These two worked together to make songs with the Dungeon Family. So you can't, I could never say, well, if you take this guy's lyrics off, now this is a classic album. Because that would mean that this Andre 3000 wrote all the hooks, picked all the beats. That can't no, be the case. I feel like even on classic albums, you have hooks from other people. So it's okay to keep Big Boy on the on the hooks it's yeah, okay you, to have beats from other people because classic albums have beats from a lot of people but then so you take the only away the concepts is the verses he, but, it's his verses alone i can't i can't do that because that would say that andre 3000 conceptualized that topic of the song like rosa parks or skew it on the barbie or wheels of steel or like i can't i can't say that andre conceptualized those songs to me that's what makes Solo albums and like joint albums are so different. I can never separate the two because a De La Soul album is three parts, right? It's three MCs that came together with those songs. Even though Paz is arguably one of the greatest MCs of all time, he's part of that trio. And that trio just, we've never heard him on a solo album. We've heard him with guest spots. We just never heard him on a solo album. But even on guest spots, it's not your idea. You're working with somebody else. With Nas, Illmatic is his. There's nobody that, that had input on it but him. So I can't do the same thing with Andre 3000 because I've never heard a solo rap album where he picks his beats, his hooks, his song concepts, sequencing, even those other people involved. It's really all on his shoulders. It hasn't happened. So it's kind of like Tom Brady without Bill Belichick. Even though we're seeing what's going on in Tampa now, Andre and, and Big Boy were a tandem. And it's hard to separate the two. So I can't put him number two because he doesn't have solo work. And by the way, Big Boy doesn't make an appearance on the top 50 list. Which is um, absurd. If you're going to put three stacks on there, you can't leave Big Boy off. That's offensive. The three stacks is at two. The gap between him and Big Boy isn't large enough to have 48 people in between. Them. No, I mean, then you got to go down the rest of this list because it gets, it gets really absurd. So, all right. Same thing. Too high, too low, or just right. Nas at three. I mean, it's, it's, I could see three or two because the next person is also interchangeable. Four, Rakim. Yeah, I mean, he's the blueprint. Yep. Five, Drake. In quotes, questionable pen. See, 
Look, you put a qualifier here. That's a problem. You put questionable <laughs> yeah. pin. It's a problem when you put that and then you put him there. If you left that part off, right? Because I don't think anybody, like people say that, you know, everything that we've read about this whole ghostwriter thing with Drake, it was more hooks and things that were like catchy, but not bars. Yeah. So, like, I, I held, okay, listen, if the guys were writing his bars, and which it seems like some songs were written for him, but like, if someone wrote Marvin's Room for him, like, it's an R&B track. And right. that's how R&B happens. Every R&B person gets written, Beyonce gets her tracks written for, as Neo in The Dream. So it's like, yeah, someone wrote his R&B tracks and his R&B hooks. When it came to spinning, I, I don't like it because it's still that fringe area, right? Like, it's a question mark. So he has to be docked a little bit, but not that much. No, but again, once you put that qualifier on there, then you put him in number five, then it's like, well, what are we doing here? Yeah, don't put the qualifier. Just say even with people writing his shit, he's the fifth best ever. Yeah. Or living. Like you could, look, man, I'm not, again, this is all a question. These are questions. It's like Drake at five. All right. I can can see that. I I mean, because the body of work, the, the, the tenure, the hits, and then when he wants to rap, all of us know, yeah, he can rap too. He he can't rap. My only problem with Drake is I say it all the time. He ain't really saying a whole lot. He doesn't really True. give you any meat on the bone for you to go home and be like, man, that was that was heavy. He talks about himself a lot. Occasionally he gets into his bag when he's talking about like his old relationships and him. shit. It's him. It's all him. It's, and it's like yeah, <laughs> and it's it fine. <laughs> It's fine, but it's just I've always wanted Drake to give me some more substance. I don't know if it'll ever happen. Six, J. Cole. Too high. I don't think he's that far away from Drake, but yeah, six is too high. Six is too Uh, high. There's people who, and I really, really like J. Cole. There's people who rap better. Like, Royce isn't on this list. Royce is a better rapper than J. Cole. Yes, absolutely. But J. Cole, man... The tricky thing about J. Cole is I like J. Cole. And I don't want to ever disparage people from liking J. Cole. But, <laughs> like, I don't want to say his albums don't have replay value because they do. But he doesn't have a classic. Force, Force Drive, Drive is, is, is very close. It's classic. Yeah. But I, pref- personally, I prefer Nothing Was the Same from Drake. To Forest Hills Drive. I also prefer, prefer Take Care to Forest Hills Drive. Okay. But, again, keep going. I, he's too high. Seven, Kendrick Lamar. Should be o- over J. Cole. Say. Should be over J. Cole. What about Drake? It's, it it depends on how you're looking at your list, right? Because Your list. It's my list, Drake. yes. Yes, my list is over Drake. But not by much. Okay. The, the, because it is, it does become one of those um, quality and quantity things. Because mm. Kendrick gives you quality, but he disappears for long periods of time, which is like a '90s mentality. Rappers used to drop an album and disappear, and then come back when it was time to come back, and they had something to say. Drake doesn't really vanish, and he still makes hits. So I give that, but in terms of the quality and the um, the substance. Drake's not touching Kendrick. 
Drake, honestly, in substance, is not touching J. Cole. But he makes enjoyable music that you don't really have to think really hard about. Um, <laughs> and he can still rap. Tootsie but Kendrick, slide. Yeah. Kendrick is behind J. Cole, I think, is silly. Yeah, I think Kendrick's ahead of J. Cole. Uh, him and Drake, you can flip whatever order. I would probably put... I don't know, it's hard. Because 3K is at 2. I'm trying to figure out where I would slide 3K down to. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Again, he's you know he'd he's probably a, be right after Drake and Kendrick. It's 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 kind of, it's just weird, man. Like it's he's tough. in a group and he doesn't have a, a real solo rap album. Yeah, I get his impact. I get it, and I don't want to take anything away because he could he could out rap a lot of people. But I I love to see Drake. I mean Drake Andre three thousand challenge himself. And that time may have passed because he doesn't seem like he wants to do this. Yeah. I want to see him challenge himself to make a full-length solo album. Maybe he can't do it. Sounds yeah. As strange as it sounds, people would be like, that's absurd. He hasn't done it. He hasn't. He has. Sometimes it's just like, yo, I just want to make songs with my partner. Or yeah. like with the collective. Like I just want to... I like being in a studio with the Dungeon family and creating. Like I know, and, you know, I have no want to do this by myself. Yeah, and... That, it, that's fair. It's just, you know, when you put them on a list with a bunch of solo rappers, it's kind of yeah. complicated. Listen, sometimes it's okay to just be a tag team wrestler. This ain't that's WWE. Good, you got to break everybody comparison. up. That's a good comparison. It's okay to have a career as a tag team guy. Yes, it's totally fair. Best groups alive, Tribe Called Quest. Like, Q-Tip's not on this list. Fife's not on this list. But in terms of rap, greatest rap groups of all time, top five. Top three. Yeah. Yeah close yeah so no i completely agree so then we have push a t at eight that's too high that is absurdly and too I high like push i that's like push too high great body of work if you include the clips and everything else he's had one hell of a run so the body of work category i guess that he gets boosted up a little bit way too high in terms of skill level bars and impact i mean way too high in everything like the clips look man i enjoy the clips I've always liked the clips. I like Pusha. But as you start to look down this list, when you talk about impact, skill, ability, like all those things put together, that eighth? Eighth? Are you kidding eighth me? Eighth is high. <laughs> it's high. That would mean in 2010, before Drake, J. Cole, and Kendrick came, he was fifth? Eh, I don't know about that one. Um, number nine, Jada. Too high. Top five dead or alive, and that's just off one LP. Um, nah, yeah, still a little too high for Jada, but fringe top fifteen, I wouldn't argue. So he's at nine. If Jada was at fourteen, I could give it some creep. I don't, look, I know we're not gonna go through the whole list, but keep going because there there are people who've had a bigger impact. And, yeah, and, we'll and speed it, up through. Like the once weird, we hit like twenty on, we'll speed through. Yeah, the weird thing about this though is because when you talk about impact, a lot of people have a recency bias, and they'll be like, oh, "I didn't like his last album." That can't discredit the body of work, yep. right? So keep going. Then we have Black Thought at ten. Too low. Yeah, I mean, come on, man, motherfucker. And I get it. Another guy, part of a group. Yeah, but man, he he's had again. He's had solo projects. Solo projects. He's yeah. had solo projects. And when it comes to rapping, very few do it better than Black Thought. Yeah, so that's impact is is 
huge to me too. I mean, um, for dude, his the guys on a genre fucking, and lane of music, huge. Dude, he's he's him and the Roots are on nightly television. Television. Yeah. Talk about impact. The greatest yeah. hip hop band alive. One of the greatest bands. Period. He's part of that. Yep. Yeah, it's it's hip hop's Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, so, I mean, like, if you're thinking about, like, R&B, and if you're like, oh, and you can name, like, you know, some of the group, the male groups and all that shit. You can name the female groups and all this. You can name solo R&B people from the 80s, 70s. But there's, like, one earth, wind, and fire in terms of, like, a group. That's what the roots is to hip-hop. Yeah. Like, just transcend it. So, impact, incredible for Black Thought at 10. Think he's too low. KRS won at 11. I love Chris, but the longevity wasn't there for me. Again, he's this is it's tough because you could say the longevity wasn't there, but between BDP, the solo albums, um, I got next. I mean, you, you go down that, that list and what the Blastmaster did in terms of skill as a rapper, he was ahead of his time. Oh, phenomenal! He was still rapping his, his ass off. So, yeah, it, I mean, according to some of the names on this list, if you have a Reese bias and you're not looking at the golden age, if you're not looking at the 80s and the impact that Karis had, this would be too high. Maybe it's too high. Yeah. It's questionable. I'm not going to argue bit. too much about Just, it. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, I love Boogie Down production. I'm from the Bronx, so it's blasphemous for me to say anything else <laughs> other than they were amazing. Um, 12, Slick Rick. Seems like a personal <sighs> choice. Yeah, and I Ricky love Ricky was dope, uh, ahead of his time. Yes, very much so. One of the greatest storytellers ever in hip-hop. But. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who I put ahead of him, though. It. it it, it, again, it's when you have, uh, based on what Funkmeister Flex's uh, criteria are, it's, I it's I don't know. I don't know if I put Rick that high. Keep going. 13, Lil Wayne. See, this one's tough. Just Not on my list. On my list, I wouldn't, I don't, I never thought Wayne was that great as a, of a rapper compared to what everybody else thought of him. But I've always been able to look outside of myself. The impact that Wayne had from the mixtapes, the Carter 2 and 3, well, not really 3, the, the bootleg version of 3, and then his run in that, that, the 2000s, he's got to be higher on this list. He's got to be. Yeah. Hot Boys, Wait, all that shit. His Scott, impact today is for, like he birthed all these kids. The yes. young thugs, the little babies, the, they got all that shit from guitar playing, scissored out Lil Wayne. Yeah, and he has the largest. He's impacted every so on, you know, so-called mumble rap, just crooner from 2010 on. All of them are here because of Lil Wayne. Yes, everybody's favorite rapper at some point, not mine, was Lil Wayne. People love Lil Wayne. And the other thing about Lil Wayne is he's not whack. I never, I'll never say Wayne was whack. It was watching him go from the Hot Boys to his solo career. Is has been actually phenomenal because a lot of people said, you know, outside of like Outkast, people from the South and especially New Orleans couldn't really rap. That's that was like this thing. And then Wayne came and was like, no, I can he can rap. He yep. was rapping all the like he and then he he's collaborated with everybody. So in terms of impact, yeah, he's higher than Slick Rick. Yep, body of and work. I love Rick. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's he's way too low. He's top ten. Um, LO Cool J at fourteen, too low. What? Yes. Oh, I was gonna say too high. No, no, wow. you can't. No, you wow. can't say. El- Ladies love Cool James from eighties to the nineties was the man. He was the I man. I really disliked when he started doing the he she. 
Like every listen, rhyme listen, was listen. about the girl and all. Oh, I, I do. I agree. On, like, after four, three, after two, one was like his only hard shit. Look, when he started doing something like a phenomenon, I was just completely off the LL wagon, right? <laughs> but when you talk about yeah. impact and you talk about radio, you talk about Mama said knock you out and talk in terms of those battle records, and then you talk about his he, he was like the first rapper to really get the acclaim of the women in ways that other rappers couldn't. That impact alone is very difficult to overlook. Yes. There's no got, Drake if there's no LL, I guess. No, there's, there's not a lot of people. Nobody was venturing into that. You were soft if you did that. Nobody would dare call LL soft back then. Nobody. Because not only he would, he would give you uh, I Need Love, like he'd give you those joints, but then he would crush you with, with Mama Said Knock You Out. Ask Cool Mo D what he had to deal with with LL. LL influence? Mm-mm. He's higher than Slick Rick. He's higher than Rick. He's not higher than number 15, Eminem, on my list. No, Eminem's too low. Say what you want. Eminem's too low. Say what you want about Eminem's music today. Say that he hasn't grown. Say all those things. But in terms of technical rapping ability, there are almost none better short than... Short list. Yeah, very, very <laughs> short list. But on top of that, are we just going to completely ignore who this man was from 1999 to like the late 2000s? I'm like, I don't even got to go that far. You put him from 97, 98. My name is 98 through 2004. Six years. I'm not sure if someone's had a six-year run like that. He had a fucking movie and won a Grammy. Like, for, dude. Like, for the sound. Like, he won a Grammy and an Oscar the same year. And he the was one fucking movie. The other thing about M, he was one of the first rappers to break through from the underground. This is why I talk about in the early 2000s, there was a lot of dope white rappers. He was one of them. He weren't really checking for M until like he signed with Dre, but he came from like destroying the freestyle circuit. Yeah. Right? And and when people heard M, yes, there was a celebrity thing and like in the Marshall Mathers LP and all that shit, but he could rap. Like he could really, really, really rap. The con- content now is dated, but that man's had a huge impact, and people like try to do this Elvis thing. And all. No, man. When Eminem's on, pff, forget about it. Yeah, so, um, all right, so that's the top 15. I'll breeze through the next. I'll probably do like 10 at a time, and then we'll just if something jumps out, we'll talk about it after the 10. So, 16, 50 Cent, 17, Kanye West with the qualifier, questionable pen. 18, Styles P. 19, Mace. This is 20, getting, Big Daddy Kane. This is getting ridiculous. 21, Mace? Cameron. 22, Busta Rhymes. What? 23, Fabulous. 24, oh Redman. 25, Remy Ma. First off, Redman at 24 is criminal. I mean, with the people, that's, the people that are above him. Um, so, Mace? Mace. Well, 50 Cent being 16 is kind of ridiculous. 50 but Cent I get the impact. Well, that well, it is really about the impact and how he changed but the game. Skill and body of work aren't there. Mm, depends on how you really want to look at this, right? Who was hotter than Fifty after M? No, I mean it's it was well. Then Lil Wayne became the hottest thing, right? But, but 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 Fifty, 50 had a three year run. Like okay, Fifty Cent, right? You talk about a three year run. Yep. But that three year run was like a a. Jim Brown type of three-year run where he was <laughs> yeah. unstoppable. Yeah. 
even even though the body the, the shit he became Ja Rule, which is weird that Ja Rule's not on this list when you talk about impact, but whatever. This is whack yeah. to me. But still, Fifty Cent, he the, the mixtape game. Come on, man. Oh, I mean, I love it. Listen, Power of a Dollar before then, G Unit, Radio, Fifty Cent is the future, like classic mixtapes, classic. Um, I just listened to Best Lloyd Banks the other day, but still, like sixteen, that's really fucking high compared to Redman being eight spots behind. Was you so, know, here's the other one, Remy Ma, way too high. Uh, yeah, I mean, fab- in terms of female rappers, like how are you putting Remy Ma above Little Kim in terms of influence? Little Kim's influence is still felt today. Yeah, she's still alive. He he killed her. Funmaster Flex yeah, killed Little Kim to put Remy Ma on this list because that is absurd. That is ridiculous. Like, WAP. There's no WAP without Lil' Kim. There's no Megan Thee Stallion. Bus It Challenge. None of that shit happens hey. without Lil' Kim. There's no Nicki Minaj without Lil' Kim busting it open in cool. the in the cheetah print. You want to be really cover? honest? Like, none how, of that shit. How is Remy Ma on this list at 25? And Lauren Hill is nowhere to be found. And she's alive. Because she... I w- people could argue, like Missy Elliott, that they are a singer-songwriter first and not a rapper. No. It's a horrible argument. It's the worst argument. people can do so. Because if that's the case, how do you put Drake on this? Exactly. But but more importantly... Missy like, should be 20... You can't put Remy Ma for Missy. But when I, here's you what can't. I'm saying. Like, when you talk about female rappers and the impact, Miseducation yep. of Lauryn Hill was like the body of work. But... If you take that away and you just look at the score from the Fugees and what she did on that album, and we're talking about a rapper and how people wanted like impact. She busted open the doors and, and a lot of people were like, well, women, they rap about sex. Not Lauren Hill. Nah. And she was a menace on the mic. Anybody who sits there and says that Lauren Hill couldn't rap or whatever it is, this she falls in almost the same category as Andre 3000, but she's had much less work because she just disappeared. Yep. But, so, dude, I mean, that's Remy, Remy Ma? Ma being the first woman? No, come on, come bro. On, fam. Get no, out of here. That's, that's ridiculous. Um, Fab at 23. Way too high. Get out of here. Way high. I love Cam at 21. I too, would still Cam. too high. I really like Cam. Base at 18, even though, listen, I... We know how um, I went with the Harlem World album, but May said nineteen. Like the body work isn't there. Come on, man! Like the bars, the level is not there. Like and look. his impact. Like in that era, like Biggie had bigger impact. Jay had bigger impact. DMX was hot. Like Mace was wasn't even like top five of impact in ninety seven through ninety nine. No, and he had he had one album that people cared about because after that was a rap. But yeah, this is where I start going. Might be a little low. Yes, but this is where I start going. Okay, look, man, I'm not saying Royce is number one, but come on, fabulous. He ain't far off from him. <laughs> like, yeah, but, but fabulous, like no Royce. Yeah, yeah you're, you're kidding me there. Um, Busta Rhymes at 22 might be low. That is actually low. Uh, and then Kanye West at 17. I hate the qualifier because yes, yeah. I mean a lot of people wrote his shit. But if we're talking impact, yeah, it's low. That's low. That's low for Kanye. All right, let me speed through again. Twenty six. ASAP Rocky. The fuck out of here. 
<laughs> I love ASAP Rocky. 26? Raekwon is 27. Okay, ASAP Rocky, 26. Raekwon, 27. DMX, 28. Most Def, 29. Yeah. Beanie, 30. Lord Finesse, 31. Mm. Uh, 32, Cool G Rap. 33, Fat Joe. 34, Common. 35, Lloyd Banks. Common's way too low. Yeah, he should not be under Fat Joe. Lloyd Banks at 35. Again. Get out of here. It was a hot three years. Like, Lloyd Come Banks on. shouldn't be on this list. At all. Lloyd Banks and Royce? How do you look at Royce and look at Lloyd Banks and be like, yeah, Lloyd Banks should make this list? Yeah, that's 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 super New York bias, but come on. That's Here, ridiculous. Bean, the next Bean's one. at 30 is high. Way too Most high. Most at 29. Most might fall. I mean, I don't know. Most ruckus, is incredible. Yeah, the whole ruckus. The whole rocket shit, like. You go to Rockets record, <sighs> Impact, right? Like, that got to be Impact for most. I mean, it's, it's Impact, like, Black on Both Sides. And Talib. Like, Black on Both Sides is a classic album. That album's incredible. He's got better albums than a, ma- a majority of this list, but he Most wasn't. probably 23, 20. Mo- most is, like, at 20, if you really list it out. Raekwon should be a little higher. Go Most ahead. Say behind ASAP Rocky. Just, just say the next one, and I'll. T- this is where the list is completely disqualified. All right. So, I left off at thirty-five. Lloyd Banks, thirty-six is Ice Cube. You're fired. There is no way <laughs> in the, in the universe that Ice Cube at thirty-five behind Fabulous for impact, ability, body of work, body of work. No. Nah. Like we're not like like dude, come on man. NWA wouldn't be here if it wasn't Ice Cube. Then you have America the solo albums. Come on. And then it, like just on the other side of impact, right? I don't want to just talk too much about movies, but let's be honest, man. Friday, like Boys in the Hood, when we talk about impact, rappers weren't actors really like that until Ice Cube. He really no, busted I like over West the Side door. Connection. I mean, come on, oh. man. I'm just saying, <laughs> bow down. <laughs> Like, if you go down what, what Ice Cube's career was, that's why I say when you, it's a recency bias because there's no way, there's no possible way that a Beanie Siegel or a Lloyd Banks or half of these people ahead of Ice Cube should be on this list ahead of Ice Cube. That's absurd. I don't know if Jada's above Ice Cube. He's not. No, he's not. He's not. Jada was eight. He's not above eight Ice Cube. Dude, listen, man. Listen, Snoop's I'm, not I'm, on the list. I'm getting, uh, that's absurd. But I'm going to get really close to the mic. ASAP Rocky. Is ranked higher than Ice Cube. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, no, nah, that's just crazy. Nah, Remy, that, Remy Ma is higher than Ice Cube. Remy, what? <sighs> this is why I say once you get past 10, stop making your list because you don't know what the fuck y'all talking about. 37, Melly Mel. 38, Grandmaster Cat. Very weird to start putting them here. Cool Modi. Yeah, like he kind of just. Ran off like a bunch of them in a row. Like, like he must right, have his but, iPod on the shuffle or some shit. Um, 40 Meek Mill, 41 mm. Big Sean, <sighs> 42 Lauren Hill. Listen, Big Sean and Meek Mill are not above Lauren Hill. No, and <laughs> 40, 43 Talib Kweli, oh, too low. Okay. I mean, I could bump him like 30. 30. If most is at 20 for me, Talib's like 30. I mean, dude, um, you said it. Snoop's on, not on this list. How are half of these people ahead of Snoop? No, it's fucking ridiculous. Hey, like you, you know, mentioned there's like two West Coast people on this list. Um, Luda at 44, T.I. at 45, Rick Ross at 46, 47, Ghostface. None of them are better than Ghostface. 48, Eve, 49, Nicki Minaj, 50, Young Thug. Okay. 
that is where I go, get the fuck out of here. I mean, and I understand for mumble rap kids, Young Thug is like, ah, uh, right? You know, like, cool, I get it. Fuck out of here. What, one classic album? Maybe. To his fan base, which is the Bar to Six. One? Fuck out of here. Hey, where's Scarface? <laughs> There's no Scarface. No Scarface, no big boy. No Snoop. No Snoop. Um, no Royce. No Fonte. Fuck. Listen, you ain't... Listen, I, I'm not saying you got... Killer Mike? Yeah. Listen, you got 50 spots. You can't put Killer Mike on there? I, but I'm saying, like... Fon, here, here's my thing about Fonte. Y'all y'all know I love Fonte. And Fonte is a friend of mine, so I have, to, I have to say that. But... So is Royce. But... He don't have to be in your top 10. He don't have to be in your top 15. But he inspired the rapper who is on the number 5 list. That once upon a time, Drake's favorite rapper was Fonte. And Fonte also brought us Ninth Wonder. Fonte also brought us Blue Collar Rap, which was the working man's rap. There, it didn't really exist that back then because in the 2000s, it was always about how much money you had, what kind of cars you drove, how many women you got. Fonte wasn't about that life. Little Brothers of the Listening, The Minstrel Show, the two solo albums. How is he not on this list? For 50 spots. It's a, new, it's a fucking New York spots. bias. But Scarface not being on this list is criminal to me. Yeah, that, that had to just be a glaring oversight. I mean, right? like, Snoop that's... not being on this list is a glaring oversight. Impact? Snoop is still here doing things. Yeah, I mean, 50 spots, you can argue E-40 to reserve something for 50 spots. Just saying, just saying, Impact. I mean, like, look, man, DMX is on this list and Snoop is not. Snoop has been relevant Longer than DMX has had a career. Yes. Even like you go from doggy style, murder was the case, um, deep cover, uh, you know, you go through the no limit era, you go through beautiful Pharrell, that tenure, and now he's sitting here doing things with Martha Stewart, uh, he's just on AEW. When you talk about impact and you don't have Snoop Dogg on your list? From the eighties, nineties era. I mean Chuck D isn't on here. That's pretty absurd too. Eric Sherman. Like, there's people like you could really put on here if you wanted to. Get fabulous. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Is on this list. Hi. ASAP Rocky is on this list. ASAP Rocky is at 26. I've had enough of this list. I want to go. No, home. Chuck D? <laughs> Yo, crazy. Again, this is all just to say Funk Flex has lost his damn mind. And he's too he's too old to not know better. 
Yeah. Like, you weren't born in 1998. You're not a zenial. You should know better. Get the hell out of here with that list. We're going to get the hell out of here just for a second because we're going to take a break. When we come back, it's time to talk pro wrestling. We got to cleanse our palate of this whack-ass hip-hop list by Funkmaster Flex. So you guys stay right there when we come. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. I'm back. We're talking NXT and AEW. All right, we'll be back to the show in a second. But first, everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll be able to get your show pushed on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box for the episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. All right, we're back and it's time to talk pro wrestling. As promised, before we get into NXT and AEW, Dre, I want to ask you about a possible free agent. Jay White, who we just talked about on the last show after Wrestle Kingdom, looked like he was turning babyface. We did this whole thing where it's like, cool, he might make a good babyface run. Now, he's not even listed on the New Japan Athletes section of the website. People are saying that his contract might have been up, and he might be headed to the States to work for a company over here. If it is true, and he's a free agent, and he's testing the water, where should Jay White go? Not the WWE. Um, Not even NXT. I'm okay with NXT. I'm not. They're getting more and more crowded by the week. I mean, they just got the Rascals, right? And they only got one show. I mean, they need tag teams. <laughs> right. They need tag teams. They do. They do. But it's just more people on the roster. And Jay White, my issue with Jay is his work isn't done. It's, he's not an AJ Styles. He's not a guy who shows up and you're like, oh, my God. Finally, he's here. Right? That's what AJ yeah. was when he arrived. He's not a Nakamura. A guy who was... Like he was a made man years before he left. He's not Finn Balor. Is he a Finn Balor? No, no, he, no. not Prince no. Devitt. No, absolutely not. Finn Balor started no, like the, he was huge. Not just yeah. in New Japan, he, but like in our like he was huge. Jay White 
just got his legs under him as Switchblade in New Japan. If you bring, he's not Adam Cole, he's not Kyle O'Reilly, he's not Bobby Fish, he's not Roderick Strong. He gets lost in the shuffle because without the Switchblade gimmick, who is he? I mean, he'll probably continue something like the Switchblade gimmick. Um, he's carrying cross. He's not even carrying cross. He is because Carrion was only in Impact for three years. Like we knew him because FSW and being in Vegas and all that stuff. But he was only in Impact for three years, and people loved Killer Cross. He kept the gimmick, hit NXT, and that's where he is now. But he's not Carrion Cross because there's a difference here. Because Carrion Cross, even though he was still like relatively unknown to certain people, he spent a little bit of time in Impact. He wasn't overseas, and people talked about him. Jay yeah, White I mean, was, he was the IW at least. He was the IWGP heavyweight champion, right? And he won it at at the Garden, right? And or he lost at the Garden, but he just got here as Switchblade, which is something that New Japan made after he ran through his Young Lions tenure and he came back because yes, he he did his Ring of Honor stuff, but nobody gave a shit about Jay White and Switch the Switchblade character just really hit its stride over the past year and a half. Where Karrion Cross was the package the day we saw him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he has the smoke show. It's, it's hard for that man to fail. So I'm not saying that Jay White it wouldn't, isn't good enough to be WWE. What I'm saying is I'm almost certain he would get misused or lost in the shuffle. Because they still yeah. got to shake things out with Karrion Cross. They still got to shake things out with Kushida. They haven't working with Gargano. They still got to shake things out with a lot of the guys that they just brought in. But then you have guys like they, there's there is nowhere for some of these guys to go. Like Champa, Thatcher, they're all they're all still there. You ain't got another hour on the show. Where 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 does Jay White fit in? Yeah, no, it becomes tough. I mean, they have um Oh, Austin Theory, who looks like he's going to be that next guy eventually. You know, Pete Dunn is back working. It's, Ooh, a, it's a lot of people. Dunn is only 25. Like, Dunn could be the guy of NXT, too, you know? It's just a yeah, lot of... Uh, a lot of people. It's, yeah, it's a lot of people for them to sign Jay White when so much talent is still being misused on both sides, on NXT. I don't on, even know if those guys are being misused. They're being used well. Well, No, no, no. I'm talking there's about, not another spot for someone else to be used. Well, what I'm saying is there's so many guys that are being misused that I prefer, my personal opinion, I prefer send Aleister Black back to NXT. Send Ricochet oh, back correct. to NXT. Like there's yeah, so many I mean, guys who are who aren't even that's working. main roster misusing. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. NXT just, is not misusing anyone currently. Actually, I think they're using everyone. Damian Priest, everyone is working in NXT for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I mean NXT has done a pretty good job of keeping talent busy, and they don't yeah. really get them lost in the shuffle. And then, and it, they get cleansed by the uh, by going to the main roster because Riddle never reached his potential. In NXT. No. And he was gone. Like Lee you know, rushed through his potential. Yeah, like Lee and I mean, you know they, they gave him the accolades. Like Brock Lesnar said, God damn that boy big. And then they were like, Okay, well, we got eight months left with this guy. Yeah. We're gonna give him every accolade possible in eight months because he's gone. They cleared out so many guys, like I I keep going back to Aleister Black because he's doing absolutely nothing now. 
And it's, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And he, yes, he did hold the championship. Ricochet didn't. He hold the North American title. And they brought him up. They boosted him. And then he's done really nothing since. But dress up and ride a scooter next to Mark, Hen- Mark Henry. Uh, Heavy Machinery didn't have a real run as a tag team in NXT. Got put up to the main roster. Otis won money in the bank. Tucker's gone. Um, and what is Otis doing now? Tag team with Chad Gable. Chad Gable. Could have a much better run in NXT. went up way too fast. Yeah, so it's like signing Jay White means that you got to move somebody else along. And I don't want, right now, I don't really need to see anybody else move along from NXT to the main roster. There's no room. Bay Bay, somebody is moving. (sighs) I'm just letting you know, like, Undisputed Era going to red outfits every single match now. Being in a Dusty Classic. I mean, this this feels like as much as a blow off as you can get. Um, this is, you know, shit. This is the the last hurrah, the final lap. Like, I, I get it. I wouldn't be surprised to see Cole in the Rumble again, and then them on Raw, maybe the night after Mania. And then how- like, that's you know, night after Mania is always the splash, right? Like, would it be this year with no fans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I think people were watching. Was it last like, year? Even without being there. Um, last year was thrown at them in two weeks. So, no. They had Right? They, like They knew longer than that. They knew know, longer than Vince that. I thought Vince fought like tooth and nail. Like, no, it was March 13th. Everything shut down. Mania was m- April 4th. Well. It was three weeks. Like, no, it was thrown in their face. They did not know that they were going to... And Vince thought he could hold out, and no one knew well, I guess for that, certain that what the hell was fair. happening. That part's fair. The, so, pro- the problem is, even when you mention Undisputed Era going up, I mean, come on, man. Like, we've learned the formula by now. You go up, you have a hot five weeks, then you kind of just fold, I'm not, fade I'm not arguing it. Yep, exactly. I mean, personally, if they went to SmackDown, I would have more confidence, because we'll get to this later, but I really like what they're doing on SmackDown. It's like, are, who are they misusing? People are getting opportunities. People are on television. We'll talk. The about roster's it. not bloated on Smack, bloated on SmackDown. We'll talk. I about like it. SmackDown. I, there's something that I don't like on SmackDown, but we'll talk about it when we get there. All right, and then we have um, oh, so Jay White. So if he does leave, that leaves Impact AEW. Yeah, and I, I'm He'd being be a honest, King and Impact. Like, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. But, but personally, I think the best place for him is New Japan. No, yeah. I mean, I agree. He shouldn't leave because that babyface run. You kind of sold me on it. He he has more to do there. Yeah, like his work isn't done in New Japan. And he's young enough. Like he doesn't have to rush out of there. But you know, sometimes dollar bills make sense. But with the Impact AW crossover, which we'll talk about. Fucking Kenny Omega thinking he's big shit. He's running over people in Impact. And then Jay White comes in. Jay White be like, no, this is, this is my company. You give me Jay White, Kenny Omega? Cross promotion? That feels kind of big. There's a lot they could do. I just so, I ultimately... Mean, I, I would like him in Impact. It wouldn't be bad. They wouldn't misuse him. Yeah, I mean, they've... Yeah, full disclaimer, guys. We've had a lot of people from Impact on the Wrestling with Stereotypes podcast. If you haven't listened to it yet, and it's it's just very obvious that they just handle business better. Unfortunately, they don't have as big as TV deal as everybody else. But it's like you look at what Impact is doing, and and it ain't it, it it's not at all really about favoritism or you know let's bring in these legends to do shit. It's like you're one of the best workers. You don't get a shot. 
that's really it. And that's how they function. That's what we appreciate. But WWE ain't like that. They still go back to the same old guys every... I mean, fucking Goldberg is going to be in the main Goldberg. <laughs> All right, we got fucking Goldberg. Uh, let's talk about NXT. Dusty Rhodes Classic kicked off this week. And we saw some good matches in the Rhodes Classic. We had Undisputed Error having a good match. Um, Grizzle Young Veterans beat my boys in the opening round, uh, like you said. But don't worry about it. Ever Rise rules still, so... It's okay. Maybe next year for my guys ever rise. Um, I think they're going to... Them... Well, I'll mention this tag, the next tag team in a second. The tag team division has a glimmer of hope. Like, like a little spark. Again, in NXT. Um, we get the debut of the Rascals. Who changed their names. I expected it. <laughs> like, yeah, we all expected cool. it. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be the Rascals. Their names that they're going by. Like, something Lee... Wesley, Wesley, it's stupid, but whatever. Yeah, like cool, like I don't give a fuck. They're going to be called what MSK. Yeah. So that that's what it is. Like I don't care what they end of it. It's not Igor and Ivar or whatever the fuck they are. <laughs> the Viking Raiders now. Yeah. Like it's not T Bar. Oh boy, my favorite. Right? It just like shit could be worse. People need to calm down. Like, I'll take Wesley. If I go into creative and they're like, yo, your name's going to be Wesley. Like, thank God it's not reckoning. Right? Like, shit could be a lot worse. It's a, it's a low bar, though, right? Like, when you're saying, yeah. Ah, yeah, I'm so thankful that I didn't get, you know, the shitty uh, crossbar or iron face name. <laughs> like, it's the the fruit is very, the, the tree is hanging low, man. So you, you're yeah, willing to I accept mean, like, Wesley. Mm, okay. Other people have rocked with like Alistair Black has grown on us. People are like, oh my god, Tommy N to Alistair Black. What the fuck is Alistair Black? Look, all all name changes aren't bad, right? Damian no. Priest, not bad. Uh, nope. Some guys Alistair who Martinez was kind of ridiculous. Like Carrying Cross doesn't bother me. Like Killer Cross to Carrying Cross doesn't bother me at all. I still like Killer Cross, but I get it. The, it it gets. You know, it's only the guys that I've seen that have are super established. If you try to if you try to change Samoa Joe's name, kind of stupid. If you try to change AJ Styles' name, that'd be stupid. But uh, it's, it is what it is. Gargano's Gargano. Yeah, they even let Ricochet have Ricochet. Yeah, they almost made him Trevor. Yeesh. Like they almost made him like his real fucking name. ACH was Jordan Miles. What the fuck? What Jordan Miles? And it's the name he came that- up with. Yeah, like so, you you have these things. Malcolm Bivens, they're my favorite name. <laughs> Malcolm Bivens, he's fucking hilarious um, on Twitter. Like, oh, so fucking funny. So I mean, like they have some input in these names. Like I hated Finn Balor when they came up with that shit. I was like, Prince David to Finn Balor? What the fuck is a Finn Balor? And then now it's like, oh, okay, that's Finn. Like, okay. Yeah, it works. Not that Fergal Devitt was any better. No, but, but you know, that's just so who he like, was. Yeah, he's pretty So, like, all name changes aren't bad name changes. Like, it's it's good. Like, I could rock with that. Um, look at look at the revival, FTR now. What is Dash Hardwood? Yeah. Like, we're talking about name changes. Like, really? I mean, that get the hell out of here. I don't it's, think I don't think the the revival. No, nobody's bothered by that. It's just the WWE. They, the, the problem that a lot of people have is they try to rewrite history like these guys didn't come from somewhere else. Like, what did they say about the Rascals when they showed up? New hot young tag team. And it was like, 
Yeah, but they've they've been here doing shit in other promotions. They're very selective on whose history they would like to talk about versus whose history just started in NXT. Yeah, I mean you gotta you gotta be someone where they can't ignore your history. I mean, like if you're that type of guy, like Kushida's recognized that he was one of the best in Japan when he came over. And he kept his name, and it was like, it's kind of like, yeah, we're not going to repackage this guy. Like, his legacy is undeniable. So, yeah, we can't fuck with it. I mean, the, the, the WWE just, they, they lack consistency. Some people they change, some people they ignore. Some people they bring in like, hey, Nakamura and AJ Styles had this amazing match. We're going to do this dream match at WrestleMania that turns into a bunch of kicks in the nuts. And it's like, eh. Yeah, no, that was ridiculous. But, like, it's it's okay to rename some people package. Again, Aleister Black. Tommy End was fucking cool. He wasn't Aleister Black. Like, in terms of a character, granted, they botched it. But in terms of a character, and fucking in NXT, Aleister Black was red hot. They did the rising out of the coffin shit. They completely upended his character for the better. Robert, like Bobby Roode, with the glorious for the better. Like they've done some shit where I mean, like, cool. They didn't change his name. No, no, no. But the gimmick and like the character and the robe, like that shit was dope. They they've done some things where it's like okay, like I get it. Like the revamp, I get it. People like Sami Zayn. Like yeah, he's not El Generico. Well, no. So, like, they changed some people for the better. Like, it's cool if you can run with your gimmick and it makes sense. So, yeah, it, I mean, NXT gives people a, a damn good chance <laughs> to hit the ground running. What you do with it after that, like, Undisputed Era is pretty damn cool. Yeah. Even though it borrows a lot from Adam Cole's thing. So, like, yeah, like, they they give you a push if you need so. So, name change isn't crushing me. Um, women's... Dusty Road Classic is going to start. They're putting teams together. You excited about this? Yes, I am excited about that. And if you hear that dinging in my back in the background, that is my daughter banging the shit out of her xylophone. Xylophone. I don't know why she's doing this. That's my daughter. Listen. Um, let her be creative. Let her <sighs> let her rock. Make it a beat in the background. We'll look, talk to hip hop. Y'all, future producer. Y- you guys in the group chat saw what my daughter did yesterday. <laughs> Ran off with your phone. <laughs> Making videos and shit. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, you just gonna have to deal with this. Um, women's tag team, I like it. I like it for the Dusty Rose Classic. I think it's a good idea. I think it gives a lot of those women who we don't see on TV very often an opportunity. Um, so I'm cool with it. I have no idea who wins because none of them are established tag teams. But who cares? No. Yeah, I mean they don't have a tag team division, but it's. Hopefully it does create like turmoil between some people. Well, that's like, the end game. Uh, Ember Moon, like that feud. Somebody got to turn on. Like I don't want to see her and Shotzi just have a great partnership. Like Ember Moon got to turn on her and beat the hell out of her. That's probably not going to happen. But that's what should happen. Like they they should use this as a catalyst. They will to create use. New they'll feud. use it as um, a catalyst, but I don't think that's the one they're going to use it for. Could be wrong. Um, we'll see. Raquel Gonzalez challenging. For the title, it looks like coming up next. She looks like a badass, so that should be cool. Um, I don't think Yasurai should drop the belt yet, but um, probably I think that's will. really cool. Candice LeRae is on there. So, a lot of talent. You said she probably will. Yes. Oh, God. No, they're going to just move her up and tag her with Asuka. It's, it's all bad. Uh, so, hopefully, she's she remains champion. And then it looks like we're getting Balor versus Cross. I mean, we knew coming up. that was inevitable. So. Yeah, because Cross never lost his title. 
Right. It was due to injury. Um, it'll be interesting, though, because I'm not sure Finn Balor has accomplished everything he came back down to do, but what is left for him? Right. right? I mean... Like he, he's wrestled all the guy Gargano, Champa. Wait, here's the thing. He's wrestled... Here's the thing. Cole. We only do this in NXT. We only have this conversation, what's left for them to do in NXT. The reality is... They have a lot to do. NXT is a third brand. We really got to stop saying what's left there is what's left for them to do because, like, what's left for Daniel Bryan to do? What's left for Roman Reigns to do? What's left for Drew McIntyre to do? They're not going anywhere. So no. I don't think just because Randy Orton's you, fought the same people for fifteen years. Yeah, I, I, man, we really got to stop saying what's left for them to do in NXT. The only reason I say it is because you can kind of see sometimes when. Yeah, Rhea Ripley's probably going to go to the main roster. Like, you can see that one. But for other talent, like for Finn Balor, I'm totally fine. Like, if you ask me, he should stay. Gargano should stay. Cole should stay. It's a third brand. And you put it on Wednesday nights to compete with AEW. So keep this talent where they are. NXT is not a minor league. It's not a feeder organization. It's none of that shit. Let them live. Let them li- I, I hate every so often we start going... Who's moving up? NXT is better than SmackDown and Raw. It's not moving up to me. It's moving out. Because your yeah. ass ain't going to wrestle no more for the most part. But if some people can come back down for a reset, somebody got to move the hell out. Yeah, I mean, while that is true. I'm just saying, like, somebody like Balor, it, there was really nothing for him to do. He had no... That, this is the problem with hoarding talent. You have too much talent, and then you got to figure out what to do with them. And then I, t- I said this, dog, I told you this like three years ago. You can't keep paying people all this damn money and you ain't using them. They're going to get mad. They're going to get frustrated and they're going to leave. And initially they, you go, ah, you know, it's not too bad. They lost Miro and FTR and, you know, that's, that's not bad. But as we keep going through this and they continue to keep hoarding talent, paying them too much money to be unhappy. You have guys like, let's just say. Cesaro, Cesaro should go. Yeah, let's yeah. just say Cesaro, Nakamura. Nakamura's not going anywhere. I think Nakamura's just comfortable, happy, and doesn't want to beat himself up anymore. But no, Cesaro. I, I mean, there's a role for that. <laughs> yes. But you say somebody likes you look at somebody like Cesaro, who has never reached his potential in the WWE. That's somebody that they shouldn't want to lose. They should use him. I, yeah, I would go as far as to say his as, best interest is to walk away. Yeah, he's made enough money, right? You can't pay everybody yep. to be unhappy forever. Nope. You can't. So you look at somebody like Cesaro, probably be gone. But the whole, like, Finn Balor is, is I'm quite sure he's still making main roster money to be in NXT. He's fine. I don't, I don't need to see him to go back to Raw or SmackDown. To do what? <sighs> There's literally nothing for him to do. Not because there's nothing for him to do because I can't think of anything for him to do, but there's no room because the way they book this nonsensical Raw and SmackDown each week. Yeah, that's that's the key. Like Again, Sheamus is cool, but you don't need to push Sheamus but that's what two the, months. That's what they're going to do. Bring in the Goldbergs. That's, um, that's what they're going to do. And as long as they're like going to the continue. having a little run again, like that's cool. But, you know, cycle someone else in. But then, Use the Keith Lees and real feuds. They're, just, um, they're not going to do it. So we should stop expecting them to do it and just move on. Which is weird because they kind of can do it in SmackDown. But I don't know. I guess we'll we'll get there. But that's NXT. AEW. Um, 
this this is actually funny on Twitter because a website couldn't tell the difference between Brandy Rhodes and Red Velvet. That's incredible. And it caused like a little hoopla. I was like, yes, all black people do not look alike. Not at all. Um, and they're, they're all in the same shot together. But uh, alas, I didn't like that backstage thing in promo. I don't get it. They keep like talking a about bunch Shaq. Of black women every, fighting over Cody. Every yeah. week we talk about every not every week every few weeks we talk about Shaq, and I'm just like, all right, can you do something with this, please? I thought they announced the date for him to show up, but I guess I don't know. I haven't seen it. It's so Snoop. It's not good. I don't know when Shaq is showing up. Just it's not. Good. Yeah, I know. That's all. At all. Um, sitting back, like when you watch the show, you'd be like a lot of this shit is a little weird. Like. It's very convoluted at times. It's really good at the top. So you'd be like, all right, cool, fuck it. Like, I really like this, you know, Kenny Omega angle and what he's doing. So whatever. So the whole brand reflects well. But there's some shit in the middle that gets a little weird. Um, Inner Circle, I think out of respect for the unforeseen, it's time to kind of just disband. I think we're getting there. I think we're getting there. We're getting there. I think there's a plan here to get them there. I think we're seeing the first taste of it with LAX getting frustrated. Finally. Finally. And having, yeah. and having the segment where they basically say, we're the best. You brought us here to be the tag team. Where's our chance? I think it's about to happen. I think we're going to get it. Good. Because I think the Bucks need an opponent. But then again, the Bucks just got the title. Yeah. No, I mean, the Bucks look like they're going to enter another few with the Lucha Bros real quick, which is totally fine because when is their next pay-per-view? That's what I'm wondering, because I don't feel like they're really... They have feuds, but it doesn't seem like they're teasing, like they're building towards it. I mean, it's clear they're going... We're going to get Moxie and Omega again. Like, that's pretty obvious. Um, the Bucks, like, we'll see how they handle the tag team division. Um, Pac, like, they're working through some things that you can see. Um, you know, it feels like... <laughs> feels like... I'm going to say this now, and I think it's going to start to happen in the next two and a half to three months. Miro's going to get a big push soon. It's slow. Like, he, he's about to exit this feud with best friends. He's got Chuck Taylor as, as his butler now, or whatever, his manservant. <laughs> yeah. But I, I feel like, just like they kind of sat on Omega, I'm not saying like Miro's Omega, but they had to sit on this for a minute and start clearing things out. Because maybe he makes a run at the TNT title. Maybe he makes a run at the top title. I don't know which one yet. But I feel like it's about to happen. I, I feel like they're clearing up some space. And hopefully LAX, when you talk about the inner circle, they finally break LAX away from the inner circle. And they can do their tag team thing. It needs to happen. Yeah, that'd be great. Their next pay-per-view, February 27th. Oh, they got time. Um, yeah, be Revolution. Okay. They, Still they got time. eight weeks. They got, build. they got more than it might have been a little too much time between pay-per-views right now i mean it's um, kind of how things go yeah but they had a tv special i guess right it was like december 6th or something i mean they j- so that was like a de facto pay-per-view they just had the little new year's bash too and yeah, i mean they gave us a, yeah. an incredible match with omega and phoenix so I'm, I'm not mad this is fine whatever um and then darby allen and sting versus taz's crew there's a lot going on though not a lot of moving pieces to this. I don't mind this. What I do mind about this is Darby Allen's going to kill himself. <laughs> I mean, that's his job. He's like Jeff Hardy. Yeah, but nah, man. It's 
Like, yes, Jeff Hardy kills himself, but he, like, jumps off of things and kills himself. Like, he just takes ridiculous bumps. Like, I'm okay with him winning this match against Cage. Okay with it because he just kind of got the title. But you can only do the, you can beat the shit out of me 15 minutes and I can get you in the 16th for so long. Now, obviously, Brian Cage is an absolute freak. So I fully expected that kind of a match. Because if, if Darby got in a ton of offense, I'd be like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. But Darby's still very small. And Darby has shown me one thing that he can take extraordinary bumps. I need to see him, like, I need to see him and Sammy Guevara, him and Orange Cassidy. He needs to wrestle people his size because he's just killing himself out there. Yeah, he seems to still dive off of shit against people his size, though. <laughs> like, there's, there's no off switch for that kid. Um, it'll be interesting, but, I mean, for now, that's, that's, his, that's the gimmick, right? AEW doesn't have many gimmicks. That's the gimmick. Kill yourself. Like, yo, this kid might kill himself. <laughs> um, and then you have Omega and the Good Bros kind of closing out. Like, I like the crossover. I think it's cool. I'm not of the opinion yet that like oh my god the um bullet club is stale and but like no it's cool i want to see where it goes they're going to travel over to impact which we'll talk about um you know in the last part of the show and i i like to see where it's going i like omega as a character so i'm open to let it play out i mean it's kind of obvious it's not really bullet club the way Don Callis did the bait and switch on the Bucks, Gallows and Anderson came out with Omega instead. The Bucks are still being positioned as baby faces. And Omega is a heel. And Gallows and Anderson, obviously being from another company, are heels. So the whole Bullet Club tease was great. But I think they, they're not going 100% with this. Lucha Bros uh, super kicking the Bucks in the middle of the Bucks. Because I think... The way they're playing, I think, like, the Bucks are confused. They're like, we thought we were your friends. And then they see people, you know, Moxie comes out and just beats the shit out of everybody. I really like how they're handling Moxley right now. Because he's just a pissed off guy who's trying to get revenge. And then he's just always getting outnumbered. But nobody really wants to be Moxley's friend. Because he just wants no, to fuck people he's up. He's very Stone Coldish. Yeah, I, I like this. This is who Moxley should have been in WWE. Just come out and just beat people up. So I'm I'm totally fine with with all this. Um, of course, you want to see where it goes. I like the interpromotional thing. I like. Okay, we'll touch on this real quick before we go to the last segment. This there I've saw somebody on Twitter say that Kenny Omega is not a star, and I thought this was kind of absurd to me. I see people say Kenny. Somebody said he's a black hole of, for charisma. Like he's not charismatic. And I think it's kind of absurd because Kenny Omega looks like a star to me. He looks like a top heel right now. Um, he may not cut the promos that Moxley does, but Bret Hart is widely considered one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, and he didn't cut the promos that Hulk Hogan did. Different strokes for different folks. And Omega and Don Callis is the perfect thing. Like They work well together. Omega's entrance, which I love because they make Justin Roberts give all these accolades before he walks out. And I think the girls is a funny part because Omega is a cornball. He's a gamer. He's a nerd. But the motherfucker can wrestle. 
he looks like a star to me. When people, I saw people saying that, and like, he doesn't look like a top guy. Did you think he was the top guy in New Japan? It's the same fucking guy. <laughs> it's, it's the same damn character. Um, no, yeah, I think he's in this role. I think he's a star, right? Like he's the asshole leader of the biggest crew in your company. Yeah, like he's that's he, what he should be. He's not going to be as funny as Chris Jericho. He's not going to be as passionate as John Moxley. That's what makes them them. But what he has is that dude can wrestle, and he's an asshole now. This was this was perfect. Everything that worked for him is perfect, and we'll see how it all plays out. But I just thought it was weird when I saw people saying, "Yeah, you, you know, Jericho's a star, Moxie's a star, but Omega's not." And I'm like, "What? Get out of here! Cut it out!" Yeah, now it's how do you determine who's a star? Like, is putting butts in the seats? That's how you usually do it. It's the middle of a pandemic. Dog, I don't know what what makes people. And he's think. at the top of a company. That does ratings better than NXT every week. Even though I like both. But like if we're doing numbers and star power, it's him versus Finn Balor as champions. He puts more ratings. I mean in. So the guy's a star, right? Like he's and granted it's slipped back a little bit as of late, like everyone's numbers. So but the guy does well. Like the company, to my knowledge, is doing great. It's just people. Some people just don't want to like AEW, and it's just like, all right, you just want to be WWE fans, and you want to ignore all the things that WWE does wrong. It's, it's fine. I mean, I guess just some of the things I don't, I don't understand. What like, is there a better champion right now than Kenny Omega outside of Roman Reigns? No, I mean, no, no. Drew, I mean, Drew Mack is Lucha, a really good. Lucha Japan excluded. I mean, Drew Mack is a really good champion. Right. Good champion. He's not Kenny Omega. No, no. But I think he's a really good champion. And then you're also only as good as your opponents. And Omega just got the title, and we're about to watch Kenny Omega turn back into the best bout machine. And like, like I yep. said, once we have that, who's going to deny him? So whatever. And Roman Reigns has been crushing matches. But again, his opponents in SmackDown, like, come on. They're, they gave him Kevin Owens. He has Daniel Bryan. Like, yes, he has good opponents yeah, it's almost not to fair. go with his gimmick. Yeah. It's not. Like, they just pushed Nakamura through this tournament. So if they want to give him Nakamura in the lead up to Royal Rumble for the next two weeks, it could be him versus Nakamura. Like, there's good people for him to work. Of course. So he's not going to come back down to earth. Um, the only other champion I would say star power would be Sasha Banks. Oh, yeah. My admiration yeah, for yeah, Sasha yeah. outside of it. Yeah, no, Sasha's incredible. That's, that's all. Yeah. Things. So Roman, Sasha, Kenny Omega. Yeah. Like, those are stars carrying companies. Definitely. And Sasha and Roman on the same brand, which is why Raw sucks. Yeah. Fair. So it's, it's I don't know, Raw needs Goldberg. SmackDown doesn't. That's that's exactly why. And AEW is fine. They don't need anyone because Kenny Omega is a star. Let's hit our break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the WWE main roster, even though we touched on a lot of it. We'll go through that real quick and preview Impact's Hard to Kill before we get out of here. You guys don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We'll get right back to the show in a second, but first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. 
Bet Online is going an extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we are back for the home stretch, and it's time to talk main roster WWE and Impact Wrestling. Um, Dre, two things that came up this week before we talk about the main roster is one there was the report that Lita was on, I believe, a podcast and mentioned that she did not want to do that whole sex in-ring angle with um, Edge when that happened, even though it's one of the most memorable things between, you know, of like WWE between, what, 2002 through 2010. People always remember that. And she was like, she was pretty much forced to do it. Like, you do it or you're going to lose your job. So she had to come out and do it. And it's one of those like weird things where it's like, I think she just said it like in passing, just telling the story, but it's super cringy, especially in the climate we are now in professional wrestling. I mean, but are we surprised? No, that's the never shocked. That's no. never shocked, always appalled. But we're not, we're not surprised <laughs> by this. And this, this is the company that Vince runs, who... Like I'm as we're recording this podcast, I think I'm doing watching the 2000. I don't know what year this is, three Royal Rumble maybe. And there is a segment where um, Candice Michelle, if anybody remembers her, she presents Vince like a birthday cake, and then she flashes him. And now like Vince has always been a creepy ass old man, and all these segments with Trish Stratus, I I can't wait to listen to when Trish Stratus really lets it all out. Because I feel like there was a lot of inappropriate shit between her and Vince. Once Vince goes and transitions, as they say in our community, uh, once Vince is no longer here, the stories that come out are going to be wild. Yeah, like, Vince is the mastermind, but that does not absolve him from some of the shit that he has done. And some of the, like, Vince has lived in his own bubble. I think Bruce Pritchard or somebody, maybe somebody told me this, that Vince has... He couldn't tell you the price of milk because he doesn't go to the supermarket, you know, the grocery store, and he's never been, right? Like, he's so out of touch with reality that he's he's just one of these guys. And so when I hear this story about Lita, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not surprised. That feels very on brand that they would tell her, like, this is going to do well. And it did well because the creepy men watch pro wrestling. <laughs> yes. You know, yes, it did well. But <laughs> until this, it, even though she wasn't comfortable with it, they didn't care. Women were completely devalued at this time. She was, Lita was Edge's valet, even though she was a fully capable wrestler. And the women's division was like a nothing at this time. Was it, was, yeah, it was Diva's time, right? Yeesh. Yeah. Braun pudding matches. Yeah, it was. Like, come on, man. Yep. Jello pudding matches. Like, come on, man. You look at these matches. And you tell me, like, you look at it, because, again, uh, you know, for those listening, we have Gail Kim on our Wrestling With Stereotypes podcast, and Gail is amazing, by the way. Um, 
But if you ever watched her, without talking about what we talked about on the show, you just have to watch it yourself. But if you ever watched Gail in Impact, in TNA, in her matches with Awesome Kong and, and Terrell, and like, then you watch her in WWE and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, it's not the same wrestler. Those women were not valued. None of them. So, it's unfortunate, man. I mean, the money's good, but the money can only get you so far, which is still very far. But that sucks. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... And it sucks because, it, again, it's a memorable moment, right? That people, But you, you had no clue. No one had really a clue unless you were in that locker room that in the back it was, like, so cringy. Yeah. And she didn't want to do it. And she was, like, for it. Like, it... it Makes it as dirty as it looked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and people tuned in because it was dirty, but it made it look. You'd be like, no, nah, this shit was really dirty. Like, it's, it's not good to watch that. Um, the other piece of news is there's reports that Ricochet's contract is uh, about to expire with the WWE. No one knows if he's renewed it. Um, reports are that he hasn't yet. He has said he's not leaving WWE this week on Twitter, but that is this week. Listen, you know I've ricochet mark through and through i will support him whatever company he decides to go to i think he has plenty to give whatever company he goes to his problems are going to follow him wherever he goes though like, you go to new japan and just be a really good wrestler um outside of that you try to go to AEW, try to go to Imp- like if you can't cut a promo if you can't give a character if you can't be believable your problems are going to follow you i so disagree I, I don't i don't know i disagree because the WWE is a promo factory where you have to cut promos in order to succeed. In Impact, you don't have to cut a promo. Like, you remember matches in Impact. You remember promos in WWE. You remember matches in New Japan. You remember matches in Ring of Honor. AEW, even though we've had some great promos, we've had some bad ones too. Yeah, and we, you yeah, know, yeah. they're still establishing their history. But WWE is a promo factory. Ricochet could go elsewhere, and they could hide his weaknesses and focus on his strengths. I mean, come on, let's be honest. I mean, Lucha Underground did it with a mask and a mouthpiece, but right. I mean, so. I, like the problems, yes, he's never going to be a good promo. He's never going to be a great promo. But they can find ways to accentuate his strengths and hide his weaknesses. And his strengths are so, like, his ability is so far and beyond a vast majority of people, period, that you can find a way to make this work. The WWE just doesn't care to make that part work no. because wrestling isn't the first thing on their mind. They don't go, let's exactly. have a great match. They don't even call themselves pro wrestlers. So no. I think Ricochet I mean, NXT hit it. Yeah, NXT with the flip out of the ring with Velveteen Dream that made a memorable moment during a promo cut by someone else. But Ricochet stole the spot by showing his athleticism. You're like, oh, that's really fucking dope. Yo, Rick, so here, here, here's workaround. Here, here's the here's the point. Ricochet's not a sports entertainer. He's a pro wrestler. He needs to go somewhere where he can be a pro wrestler. Boom. I I mean I put Apollo Cruz in that category too, except. He's, he's showing me a little bit more. I'm intrigued by a heel Apollo Cruz, yeah, and the character that can come out of that uh, Ricochet heel face. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what more is going to come out of character, but I do, and will always support pro wrestler Ricochet. So no matter where he goes, I can't, can't wait. 
if he leaves, dope, fresh matchups. Let's get it. Like, I really like the possibilities wherever he goes. So, um, main roster, to run through this real quick, we don't have to spend a ton of time. Drew, Matt caught the Rona. Yeah. No symptoms, so he'll be back in two weeks. Unfortunately, he's going to be back and still wrestling Goldberg, yeah. which is odd because, listen, I get it. The man has no symptoms. You quarantine now, I think CDC says, for, what, 10 days? And people are supposed to be safe around you. But you really don't know. Coming back and putting him in a match against a 54-year-old seems a little weird. I mean, just coming back. Public, and, just perception-wise, right? Like, it doesn't feel good. Yeah, but, I mean, putting him in a match with Goldberg feels weird from the beginning. I wish they would have canceled the match because it just feels wholly unnecessary. Um, yeah, they probably cut the check already. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. For, it's just... It just strikes me as odd as I look, man, Goldberg has been a guy who's gone on record who said he never really cared about the business. And, he, and to see him continue to get these spots has always been strange to me because more than anything else, he's not a Vince product. He's a WCW guy. Nobody remembers anything about Goldberg's run when he came in. Like, do you? I remember That's him. true. I remember him getting booed out of the building. With well, okay. him and Brock. Nothing positive. The only positive thing that no, I remember no, no. with Goldberg that was memorable, and this was The Rock, is selling the shit out of that spear when Goldberg first appeared. Yeah. Other than that, Goldberg run, that initial run was not memorable. So maybe, you know, older Goldberg has, has shown a little bit more passion, I guess. But he's still like, he overvalues himself. Which is a weird thing to say because he's had such a great run. But if you ever listen to Goldberg talk or if you watch him on, what was it, The Untold about the streak? Yeah, I think I just watched his special. When you listen to him talk, he talks like he's this really good wrestler and he's not. He's been the byproduct of excellent booking choices and just like Ricochet, accentuating his strengths, which was his explosiveness and and his power. And limiting him from talking, like he's not a good promo. Come on, Goldberg spent no, but they he he used the same catchphrase over. Who's next? Yeah, like, but he's they, he's it was perfect book. But my point is, he right he's it. not a good promo. Like he he looks at himself like he's this big valuable star. But WCW made him. He, he's in a strange spot where I say I don't know how this has worked. Now, Vince didn't give a shit about Sting. Sting is out of here. Sting is much more memorable than Goldberg in the grand scheme of things. And alas, we're going, Goldberg beat The Fiend. Goldberg beat Brock. Goldberg beat Kevin Owens. Goldberg always shows up at the same time to collect this check. Every year, like clockwork, baby. Yeah, and and I don't know who's stealing money from who now. Like, I I don't. It's like like taxes. It's it's crazy. Anyway, so the match itself, I'm, you know, the match itself could be okay if it's like five minutes. Maybe he could go 10. I don't know. Sooner or later, Goldberg's going to just... He's, he doesn't really have great matches, but... Oh, well. I really don't need him here right now. Nobody but does. Yeah, as long as he doesn't win, I'm happy. Um, it'll get some eyes on the Rumble. Kudos. I mean, he was going to get eyes anyway. I don't understand that. Yeah, hurrah, hurrah. Um, and then we have what Roman Reigns is now going to face. Adam Pierce. All right. At the Royal Rumble. So I've been waiting to get to this part. Yes. I'm starting to have a problem with Roman Reigns. It's not a big one. It's not even him. 
it's every week I feel like he's starting to get overexposed. Because now, every week, he cuts like a 15-minute promo to kick off the show. And then, like, there's three and four segments with him. And it, yeah, there's a lot of segments. Yeah, and, and it's not his fault because he's been great in this role. It's, it's booking. Because we spend so much time paying attention to Roman Reigns that what else is happening on SmackDown? I mean, Big E is still... Still going briefly down there. We had the tag team titles change hands. Um, in a nothing. Sasha Banks. I mean, yeah, Sasha Banks really isn't doing. Nothing. Sasha has okay. Here we go. Sasha hasn't really done. A th- oh, something else on Raw that I hate. Uh, Charlotte, Lacey Evans, Ric Flair. Fuck, that's awful. Um, yeah, I hate it because Oscar's not on TV. I hate, I hate that. But Lacey Evans. Why and, does the champion not have a few? Lacey Evans and Ric Flair. Like, what is this? This is stupid. I don't get it. Um, but. Roman Reigns on a two-hour show having a, like, you watch the promos in the beginning, and they're good. It's just they're really long. And then they show him again, and then they show him bullying Adam Pearce, and then they show him with Jay. Backstage. It's yeah. just like, yo, they had a gauntlet match with Shinsuke Nakamura, for all intents and purposes, turned babyface. If there was a crowd, yeah, was one hell of a match. if there was a crowd, that would have been similar to the Kofi Kingston moment. There's no crowd. But he had this yeah. great run. He beat Daniel Bryan. I feel like the internet yeah. kind of at least should tell him something. Right. But everyone was going crazy. Who knows if Vince is paying attention. Vince listened. Yeah. He had he was forced to listen because Kofi had the crowd forcing him to listen. It's not the same. But other than Roman Reigns, like, yes, you had Biggie and Apollo Crews, right? But that's your secondary title. They should be doing something with that. Street Profits didn't that Bobby Roof you I mean that just didn't feel like a whole lot of anything. It just felt like they, they changed hands on the title out of nowhere. Yeah, it did. Like unless they're gonna win it back at Rumble, I don't, but even I don't then, understand why they dropped. Why? Like who's the other tag team? Yeah, like who else is going to challenge for it? Let's keep going. Sasha Unless the Usos are coming back. <laughs> Sasha's not um, doing a whole lot, right? Sasha's not doing much of anything. Uh clearly No, the, she's waiting for her opponent. Yeah. Kind of just chilling. So Bianca did, um, didn't do much anything. Like she cuts a promo with Bailey. But then you just start, Yeah, her and Bailey. But then you start just looking at all right. If I let's just say Roman Reigns got hurt tomorrow. Let's just say he got hurt. Yep. And he was gone for like two weeks. Not that he had to vacate the title. What storylines do you have? I mean, you you have Big E stepping up into that role to carry the storylines for two weeks. It's a two-hour show. Which, yeah, I mean, again, it, you lose four segments every that's, show. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Like, what, what? But you have the talent on the roster to fill that. You would have to. No, no, no. Where the hell did Kevin Owens that, just go? That's not my point. My um, point is, is that you have established not a single other storyline worth investing in. No. Like, there, you have all this talent. And they're basically getting cannibalized by Roman Reigns dominating the show, which is cool because I think Roman Reigns is great. Come on, man. I hope they do something with Nakamura. I hope. He could be just as good in two segments. Yeah, exactly. Don't overexpose Roman. Just don't. We think he's great, but come on. Like, shit. (laughs) Like, he's. I I literally watched SmackDown. I counted, and I was like, I counted the, the time, and then even the gauntlet match. Here comes Roman Reigns. And I was like, God damn, again? E- yeah. Every week, it's the same shit. Now, what's Kevin Owens doing? Yeah, like him, Sami Zayn, um, now that Zayn's not champion. Like, those two could be in a program 
Like, why not start that up going towards main this season? Anything. Like, give them something to do. At least you'll get really good matches. That's some, just just keep them working. Give them promos. Give them something to do. Sami Zayn kicked off the, the gauntlet match, and that was fun. Which was strange. <laughs> like, Sami, okay, Sami Zayn kicked off the gauntlet match. Who else was in that gauntlet match? Shinsuke Nakamura, who was right behind him. They were just in a faction. And it's not even mentioned. You know what other storyline they just completely abandoned? Murphy's. Gone. Yeah, that needed to be gone. But not, not but what I'm saying is it disappeared without a trace. Nobody's talked about it. Nobody's made mention of Mysterio Son. Nobody's made mention of any of this. But Murphy's a good enough wrestler where I could he should be wrestling somebody. Yeah. At least on television. Giving you a good match. Something. That that's my only problem uh, with Roman. It's not Roman's fault. It's just that they're they're doing. I'm not saying they're turning him into Otis because that's absurd. But I don't need him in so many segments on a two hour show. Yeah, and then in Raw, it's just. I mean, Hurt Business are still very very good. <laughs> Yo, this so any this Raw would, anything with the Hurt Business, I'm with. Raw was a nothing um, ass show. Yeah, it's just three hours full. Like, there's a lot of space that just does nothing for hey, me. Oh, um, Wait, I want to make this point. Triple H, D- yes, came out. Oh, but here I want to make this point. I don't know if I made it last week, but Randy Orton spent the Legend Show disrespecting legends every segment. Yep, everybody he disrespected. At the end of the show, Drew McIntyre standing in the ring. Goldberg comes out. Goldberg says, "You're disrespecting the legends." I'm like, is this motherfucker delusional? <laughs> Drew hasn't said a damn thing. Randy Orton's been the one running around trashing anybody. If you have beef with somebody disrespecting legends, should be Randy Orton. Not Drew McIntyre. So that whole feud is like completely misdirected. It doesn't make any sense. And I don't need to see Triple H wrestling Randy Orton on my te- television. For like I, Well, that's because Drew caught the Rona. Yeah, sure, whatever. But if anything, Randy should be squashing Triple H and punk kicking him in the head because Triple H, if somebody can get the stat, I'm sure I'm right about this. I can't remember Randy Orton going over on Triple H. No, I don't think so. <laughs> WrestleMania. I mean, and this was no nothing. This was just a tool to further the Fiend feud. Yeah, but he should have kicked Triple cool. H in I mean, the head. I want when I saw it, I was like, oh, he's gonna kick him in the head, and it's gonna be a squash match, and then the Fiend will come back yeah. or something. No, they had like a fight. I'm like, why are we doing this? No, 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 you should have, yeah, completely. And Trips is like the biggest baby face now, too. You should have nerfed him. Like, it should have even been competitive. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Alexa Bliss threw a fireball. Hadouken. Yeah, that shit was dope. That was cool. <laughs> like, I don't know. They got like three minutes of entertainment in a three-hour show. Incredible. It's, yeah, it's, it's an odd thing to figure out. What are we doing with um, Riddle? Bless your heart if you're watching all three hours. What are we, what are we doing? But it's still the heart, heart business thing. Yeah, but he kind of just got beat up. I don't Yeah, I mean, Bobby Lashley's strong as shit. He beat the hell out of him. But he beat him up on weekly television. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, okay. Right? Like, I mean, it wasn't, again, it wasn't like he was clean and he got beat up. The match was about to start. But, uh, Bobby Lashley just rushed him. And then Molly walked him after that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's some heel shit. And Lashley looks really strong because he is. I love how they book that. I mean, like you ain't, yeah. I'm a heel. I'm not waiting for this bell. I'm going to just beat your ass. And he did, and he never stopped beating his ass. And then, uh, yeah, at the pay-per-view, Riddle will get his comeuppance. No, he won't. Well, you know what his comeuppance will be at the pay-per-view? 
because the pay-per-view's Royal Rumble, he'll throw him out. That's just going to be his comeuppance. Oh, I thought they wrestled for the title. I don't know. I mean, maybe they will. You might be right. But You might be right. I mean, that might just be shit. Who knows what they're doing. But, yeah, you, you could completely be right with that. Um, and then, all right, let's talk Impact then because this actually has some uh, cohesive storylines. Impact, Hard to Kill is this weekend. Um, obviously, we'll talk about Kenny Omega and that. I think, yep, yeah, that's the main event. But I want to go through some of the matches on this card. Apologies to the Impact enthusiast. I don't know a ton about it, but I'm going to start following more closely. Um, I see a tag team match for the new Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championships. I have faith that they will probably use them better than the WWE uses their women's tag team championships. And by saying that, I mean by not breaking up the only true tag team you have in the Iconics to then just tag with other people. Yeah. Oh, and that's a different SmackDown storyline, by the way. Billy Kay is fucking hilarious. She she is and incredible. Oh, her with the um, Riot Squad. Yes. It's hilarious. Oh, real quick, guys, watch if you haven't watched the Liv Morgan documentary on on twenty uh, WWE Network, the twenty four. Please watch it because I have no idea how the WWE managed to air this because it shows you how inept they are at booking their talent. That's all I'm going to say. Go ahead and watch it. <laughs> all right. So we have Havoc and Neve versus Kara Hogan and Tasha Steeles. I root for everyone black. And in this case, Puerto Rican. <laughs> so Kara Hogan and Tasha Steeles better win this shit. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, yeah. The Impact Knockouts Tag Team Tournament. I mean, Kara and, and Tasha have been great in their roles. And Havoc and uh, Neva have been really good as well. It just feels like... You should have a heel hold those titles. Exactly. And I can't wait. Hopefully we get uh, Kara Hogan and Tasha Steeles on the next panel whenever we are uh, oh, we will. able to we do will. that I've again. I've talked to Tasha. She's down. Yeah, so that'll be really cool. Um, then we have uh, Deanna Perrazzo versus Taya Valkyrie. I mean, Perrazzo instantly left NXT and they were like, yeah, you're the real deal. Because she is. That's what I'm saying. Misuse of talent. She was one of them. That girl can wrestle, and they just didn't do anything with her. I mean, NXT's women's division is stacked, though. It is. So this is a good, this is a good case of like, yeah, go somewhere else and and show what you got. Like, do your thing. So she came over. She won the championship in like a month, and then uh, Valkyrie. I always thought she had like a good look. It's a good little feud. I think it should produce a good match. I do too. I think this could be really so, good. Um, one thing I don't understand, because probably because I don't watch weekly, but old school rules six man tag team match: Eric Young, Diener, Joe Doring versus Cousin Jake, Rhino, and Tommy Dreamer. I have no interest Look, in watching that. I can do without anything that has to do with Tommy Dreamer in, in it at this point. But do, yeah. Joe Doring looks like the—I mean, he throws a lariat like he looks like the second coming of Bradshaw. Like guys just look huge next to Eric Young. Um. I don't know. Like, it, I feel like this is just like your your typical tag match where you got to grab the rope and make a tag. I, to be honest, I watch Impact like I watch New Japan. I'm not watching you weekly. I'll watch you when it's time, and it's time. Um, but yeah, Tommy Dreamer, I, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm not a big EY guy what? either. I'm glad he's not champion. Why? I don't know. Like Tommy Dreamer being in any rat match that doesn't involve weapons is pointless to me. Very true. That's why I don't know what old school rules mean. Yeah. Like, 
is this like a tornado tag where there's like no rules and everyone's just fucking each other up? Because then I kind of get it. Yeah, that's not it. So I had old school rules. If that just means traditional tag, then yeah, no, nah, that does nothing for me. Um, a match that looks great here on paper. Eddie Edwards versus Sammy Callahan in a barbed wire massacre match. They're going to kill each other. Sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some wild shit's going to happen in that one. Um, Karate Man versus Ethan Page. Oh, I love this. Singles match. Be- Which I believe is the same yes. person. I think I just saw the promo for this. Yo. And, but the promo with the Wrestle Buddies. And the, uh, Ethan Page's daughter throws his Wrestle Buddy away and only likes Karate Man. That shit is hard. Oh, this, this is going to be... Ethan Page is really good. And the idea Did for... say his contract was coming up too? Yeah, but he should stay. Like, he should be one of those guys who should stay. Because I feel like he would definitely be misunderstood elsewhere. But... This is going to be whatever, however they play this out. I think this is going to be fun. Karate Man is just silly as hell. And I've watched the promos like I watch Impact on YouTube because it's just really a pain in the ass to watch it on Twitch. And like when I watch these clips, I'm like, yo, this is fucking great. So however this match turns out, I'm really looking forward to it. Yep. uh, Brian Myers versus Josh Alexander. Myers just signed a contract. I think that's been like his thing. So he finally got officially signed. Um, he has to win that match. Yeah, he should. So, even though WWE, when he couldn't win for like three years, that show was funny. It, it really was. But it had no payoff. So, because it's WWE. And then, uh, this is some shit that would definitely pop like uh, Justin Ivey. But I don't get any of this. Uh, I like the look of Sue Young, but I don't understand the backstory of why she's like dark. And the same goes for Rosemary. <laughs> but I'm sure one day he will... Just send me a bunch of links so I can catch up on their history. But it's Rosemary and Crazy Steve yes. with two Zs versus Tanel Dashwood and Caleb with a K. Yes. In some weird thing where they went to the underworld. Yo. And then, like, Rosemary found more power. I, I don't fucking know. I tried to, like, comprehend this. And my brain just doesn't work that this, way. This could be a total disaster, right? <laughs> but Tennille Dashwood has finally kind of figured out who she is and with Caleb with a K uh, it works and with Rosemary in this angle this could be something that could work as a cinematic match however I'm not entirely sure the impact is going to be able to pull this one off so I'm going to watch it and I'm going to talk about it next week because I, I have no idea what to expect <laughs> I have no clue what to expect from that either. And then uh, Manic versus Chris Bay versus Raju. Rohit Raju, triple threat, Impact X Division Championship. Y'all, y'all already know who the hell I'm about to win this. Yeah. It's, yeah, come on. It's uh, the two-time, two-time, two-time X Division Champion Chris Bay, uh, I think, comes out with it. Uh, hasn't Manic been in Impact for like ever? Yes, but is this the same guy? He just got the Impact title. I mean, the X Division title. So I don't expect him to lose it in a triple threat. Um, so yeah, the Rohit Raju guy was the was the guy who held it before. I mean, you know, it's kind of like his rematch, and Chris Bray just stormed the. the, you, but you, the whole you know thing. who Manic is, right? Who's Man? Is it the same guy who's always played it's TJP? It? Oh. Okay, it makes sense. Yeah, so this is TJ Perkins as, as Manning. So, and he just like I said, he just got the title. So I don't expect him to lose it just yet. I expect if he's going to lose it to Bay, it'll be in a singles match. Like Raju will probably eat the pin here. I think they're going to find a way to keep Chris Bay strong in this match. 
He just challenged for the damn title. So yeah, and they're not gonna fuck up with Chris Bay. He's just too good. It's just way too. No, good. <laughs> yeah, he's just. Uh, one thing we noticed in our wrestling stereotype show is just how young Chris Bay. Yeah, you gotta man. He's younger than my younger <laughs> brother. He's like a baby, man. That's crazy. Yeah, like Chris Bay is like twenty four. Like there's nothing but time. That guy's a superstar. Um, and then in the main event, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers, Doc uh, and Carl versus Rich Swan and Motor City Machine Guns. It's weird. Um, Alex Shelley is hitting the pin. Yes, and because Rich Swan can't be like he can't lose shit on because he's your champion. Right. Um, Chris Sabin is kind of just over, and he's Chris Sabin. Uh, so I mean, if someone has to eat the pin, it's always Shelly. And then yeah, Omega and the Good Brothers are in angles on both shows, so they can't lose, and it's two new. Yeah, there's this is the right match because I know people go, why shouldn't it be champion and champion? Well, then it becomes a dispute like who's going over, right? Like yeah. you don't want to yeah. cheapen either champion. And the, the Anderson and Gallows are the tag team champions of Impact, and Motor City Machine Guns want to challenge for those titles. So it makes a whole lot of sense for Alex Shelley to eat the pin here. Could be Chris Saban, but either way, it won't be Kenny Omega and it won't be Rich Swan. It it's it's no. pos- It could be Gallus and Anderson to set up that tag team title match. It could be one of them that eats the pin, and they'd have to eat the pin to, to Swan, right? To set that yeah, up, Swan would have to get the pin. yeah. Oh, no, why would he do that? Because. Saban would have to no, get no, the pin. Because no, it, it would be. If Swan gets the pin. It, it would be because Swan is champ. There's no revenge. It, it's, it's because Swan is champ, and it'd be some like tandem like move where Saban and Shelly hit a fi- their finisher, and then Swan hits his finisher on Anderson to get the pin. Right? He'd have to. I could see Swan being involved in the finish. He just. Okay. He can't eat the pin, and we know Omega's not eating the pin. Omega's not eating the pit. <laughs> I just assume Kenny Omega is going to one-wing angel Alex Shelley, and that'll be That's that. very possible. But I feel like they're, they're... Very good match, though. I think this is going to be a good yeah, match. Yeah, I, I think they're trying to establish something, which is smart, because, you know what, like I said, you don't want to really hurt anybody hitting in this match. So there, there's a way that Omega could lose, because I, the, the intriguing part is, like, I don't know where this goes after this. I don't know. And eventually, like... You can't be a heel and win all the time, right? No. So you got to figure out ways to lose without losing your title. So if you're going to lose, might as well lose in something like this. In a company, that's not your company. Exactly. So, I mean, going there and then, you know, losing to their guys, like, Impact should put their guys over. <laughs> it's their fucking guys. It's their pay-per-view. So, uh, no, it should be a good match, though. We'll see how that plays out. I'm interested. We're going to watch Impact more. Um, like you said, we just did an interview with Gail Kim from Impact that's going to be on Wrestling With Stereotypes coming up in the next week. So that is great as well. Make sure you guys check that out. It's been a long show, but it's been a great show. We appreciate you guys as always. Hopefully you're staying safe, staying Rona free out there. Check us out on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. You can follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale on all platforms. Shout out to the sponsors. Shout out to Blue Wire, the network. Always appreciated. Until next time, though, we're out. Peace. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.